Today is Monday, October 30th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Anti-Semitism is on the rise as the ground war in Gaza is underway. We'll love that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. Also, email if you'd like to chat with us. Quick Start Podcast at CBN.org. Joining me now to get through the news of the crate. Billy Hallowell on this Monday. Good morning, Billy. What's going on? Good morning. Good morning. I'm ready to, to hit the ground running today. We are so close to Halloween, and I don't know if it's my old age, Billy. I'm approaching 50 now, and I'm just, I'm not into the whole Halloween scene. It's, I mean, the demon stuff and the demon celebration has a lot to do with it, but I'm, I'm just less and less enchanted with this holiday with each passing year. I don't know where you are. Yeah. Maybe I'm a curmudgeon. I don't know. No, no. You know, I, I'm more and more aware of the things like th- that are creepy that people put in yeah. their yards. And I, I also feel like Halloween has become Christmas, right? People decorate yeah. We're in New York here. They decorate as though it's Christmas. And that's a little weird to me. Yeah. Well, I've got a demon house, haunted house in someone's driveway down the street from me, and they bring people in with that, and it's, it's well, look, look it's led to interesting conversations with the kids. That's that's where I'll leave that. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure we'll have more on that tomorrow as well as as Halloween actually hits. We'll see what everybody's doing for, for that day. But in the meantime, there is a lot going on. The, the ground war in Gaza has kicked off, and on the main thing, we're going to look at abortion pressure this and coercion which is a trend that's more common than you think madison seals is going to dive into that what's on the focus story billy yeah we're gonna be talking about our new house speaker and his faith a lot of interesting pieces to unpack there very very interesting indeed and um, we'll get into that and more on the podcast but first we're gonna get through the news here in 90 seconds As anti-Semitism seems to be spiking as the ground war in Gaza has kicked off officially, a very disturbing scene played out over the weekend at a Russian airport. The White House said yesterday it vigorously condemns the group of pro-Palestinian rioters in Russia. They flooded this airport. They're shouting anti-Semitic chants, and then they were searching on video, it looked, like for passengers from a flight that departed from Tel Aviv. They were looking for Jewish people and they circled some people, were grabbing their passports. Very, very disturbing scenes unfolding there in Russia. The U.S. said they vigorously condemned it. Uh, This was in a post on X and they added that the U.S. unequivocally stands with the entire Jewish community as we witness worldwide surge in anti-Semitism. There is never any excuse or justification for anti-Semitism. The U.N., meanwhile, they have said that Israel's offensive has, quote, crossed the red lines. Actually, that was Iran's president said that yesterday. The U.N., they're going to hold an emergency meeting today where the UAE is going to seek a resolution to have a humanitarian pause in the fighting. And those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBN.com. And that story then Iran, Billy, just infuriating to hear Iran try to talk about crossing red lines when everyone knows that they funded and likely helped design this atrocious attack on Israel back on October 7th. And now we're looking at the United States 
saying that there's an elevated risk of war expanding uh, in the Middle East as I, you know, you have Iran saying, well, we might just have to do something now. And then the UN being weak need as usual, trying to get everyone, oh, let's just be nice, everyone, after an obvious terrorist attack by Hamas slash Iran. So it's um, not surprising that these players are playing their cards this way, but it's still frustrating nonetheless. Well, there isn't a red line that Iran hasn't loved to cross in yeah. its entire existence. And and what's so interesting is that they are the cause of all of this. And, right. you know, they're, they're at the root of it. So, you know, it's just it's it's very interesting. I'm intrigued to watch how other Arab nations are going to react to this because there's no world in which all of them, Saudi Arabia, the other the others are content with Iran, even if they're not saying it right. There has to be they're the Iran is the barrier to any sort of progress or moving forward yeah. whatsoever in the Middle East. hundred percent. One other story I wanted to mention, Billy, um, former friend star Matthew Perry died on Saturday. This was after an apparent drowning at in his hot tub at his home in Los Angeles. He was just 54. And there's some there's some results waiting on the autopsy. They said there were some other circumstances involved. They haven't said any drugs or anything were found yet. Of course, he has a long history of substance abuse. And that's just really sad to see this end for Matthew Perry. But I remember we reported on it, Billy, and I've seen some people circulate this. I want to see if you had any insight on this as well. But he did talk about in his book that he released recently uh, about his crying out to God. And so we're not certainly not clear if he was a Christian exactly, but he clearly was seeking. And I just hope that he found that answer in time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I hope so, too. And, I, and I've wondered, of course, that was my first question. You know, I wondered where he was spiritually yeah. in it. And I wasn't able to get a clear sort of and, you know, we never know anybody's heart, but. I do hope that that's the case. And I think, you know, it's an opportunity though right now if, if people are listening to this for for believers to be reaching people because this is somebody who was prominent. Everybody knew who he was. He was part of a show that a lot of people loved. And when somebody like that dies, it really opens up an opportunity to talk about life being a vapor and how, I mean, everyone's so shocked. He's a young guy and, and, he's, and he's gone. And so it's a real opportunity, I think, to reach our loved ones with uh, the truth. The urgency, right? Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, I have a relative who, uh, just just in a few days ago, got hit by a car and is in serious condition right now. And you just you just don't know when your time is up and you're, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. And that's why we should live gratefully with every breath that we actually are gifted from God and treat it as a gift from God. And it's a blessing. And it's just a call to be, hey, we need to be urgent. I mean, there are people out there who are lost. And we need to be seeking God more closely, and we need to be reaching out to others. It's very convicting. It's convicting when you see stuff like this. You kind of can get going on just through the droning on of life and the day-to-day and the tasks you have in front of you, and you can kind of lose focus on things. And, and it's sad that this is a way that this has to jar us back to reality when we see people suffer like that, but um, it's it's certainly... A, uh, a good reminder for us to to continue that call and to continue reaching out to people as you were saying there. All right, we are going to head over to the focus story now and the just installed Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, um, he's hit center stage, his beliefs have, that is, and of course um, because he's a Christian now there's a lot of scrutiny there and we'll talk about what's going on here, Billy, since he's sort of hit he kind of came out of nowhere and now everyone's looking into what he believes 
Yeah, yeah. Everyone wants to know, you know, who is this guy? What does he believe yeah. after all that chaos, right? You know, yeah. trying to find a house speaker. Um, and, you know, it turns out what he believes is he's he's a Bible-believing Christian. He did an interview last week with Sean Hannity over on Fox News, um, really talking about his positions. He said, you know, quote, somebody asked me today in the media, they said, it's curious. People are curious. What does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? I said, well, go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's my worldview. That's what I believe. And so I make no apologies for it. And so he's not only did he come out of nowhere, he's kind of just like, here's who I am. Um, I don't, you know, this is what I believe. And and now you have a clear identity of what that is. But he did it in such few words saying, crack open a Bible and read it and you will know where Mike Johnson stands on, on the issues. Right. So that that was interesting. And I would throw out one thing that I thought spoke to. And I know there's a lot of questions about past comments he, he's made on homosexuality and all these other issues. Right. The media is dredging that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the things I thought was intriguing, he talked about meeting with President Joe Biden. Um, and he said that the meeting was cordial and pleasant. He's like, I have no problem with President Biden as an individual. You respect the office. It's a biblical commandment that you give honor where honors due. Um, uh, but he went on to say that he agrees with Biden on almost no policy. And I, I thought it was just a cool lens into who he is because right off the bat, I don't have to hate this guy, right? He's the president. Right. And I respect him, but we disagree. And that struck a really Christian tone. Yeah. And then, of course, President Biden came out and then criticized his views on gay marriage. And this, of course, is just crazy considering Joe Biden was for decades one of the ones championing traditional marriage and (laughs) holding that view. And now all of a sudden he's switched on this in the last few years. And now he's condemning people like Mike Johnson for their views on traditional marriage. But what did he say during his first address to lawmakers? Yeah, I think that's the thing that, you know, let's be honest here. If your first address to lawmakers has a Bible in hand and you're talking about all about, you know, God and scripture, yeah, that's going to ruffle some feathers, especially in the secular world. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Absolutely. And so, by the way, before I even get into that, one other thing I would say, this is a guy who was formerly an attorney with Alliance Defending Freedom, which is Mm. one of the law firms that has been at the helm of all of the religious freedom cases that have unfolded, right? So, this is a guy who's going to come under fire because of that of that past um, advocacy work. But when he you know came to power, he put his faith center stage. He brought his Bible with him during his first um, speech as speaker, and he spoke to his fe- you know his fellow legislative peers, and he told them, "I don't believe that any of us are here by coincidence." He went on to say that scripture and the Bible are clear that God is the one who raises up those in authority. And then he said he raised up each of you, all of us. And I believe that God has ordained and allowed each of us to be brought here for this specific moment in time. This is my belief. And he went on from there. He talked about having a huge responsibility, every lawmaker that God has given to them and that the people of this extraordinary country deserve um, you know, good leaders. And so it was very much a faith forward speech that got a lot of attention. And that was obviously before the Hannity interview. So again, he's not making, he's not leaving any confusion about where he stands on, on any of the issues. Yeah. It's really interesting to see because this is a guy who, at least on the national stage, like we said, kind of came out of nowhere. I hadn't heard much about him and, uh, and I follow this stuff fairly closely, probably more than the average person. And I hadn't really heard his name mentioned very often, if at all. And so for him to come out, And this is his introduction, so to speak, to the national audience. And he's this forward-facing with his faith is very, very good sign. 
because he knows this is this is how he's going to be defined by these first yeah. few interactions when all eyes are on him. So why do you think, I mean, this is, there's a whole bunch of reasons I can think of, but what do you think are the kind of the key reasons that it's important to have someone of faith like him as, as the speaker? Well, I mean, look, culture is falling apart. The other people at the helm, you know, in the, in this country hold very progressive views. Uh, you mentioned Biden criticizing him. You know, these are people who formerly, some of them held very conservative views on, the, on certain issues. You know, the country's in a very strange place. And so having one of the most powerful people in the nation, a few heartbeats away from the presidency expressing biblical views, you know, that that's not about wanting a theocracy, but I think what it's about is wanting some value, some positive values, biblical values to be sort of infused in the political culture. And at a time when everybody hates one another and there's so much chaos for somebody, one of the first things they say as speaker that they were able to get along with the president with whom they disagree fully on policy um, and differentiate that. I think this is something, and who knows how this will unfold, right? So I'm not saying this is, he's going to be perfect, but this right. is something that I think the country needs right now and that is good for the country. Well, this is something, worldview is something we talk about on this podcast a lot. And what we've kind of the drum we've been beating is there is no neutrality. Everyone has a worldview. And with the issues we're seeing today rear their ugly head, like transgenderism and all these lies that come out about our basic nature and as created beings by God as male, as female, you know, one man, one woman for marriage, all of these things and basic truths are being denied right now. You know, a, a six foot eight man can come out and say, hey, I'm a woman and people are going, yay. And so how do you combat that? You can't combat that with just, well, we're limited government conservatives. Like that's not going to adequately combat that. It's just not. And so we have worldviews here, a clash of worldviews. And so as Christians, of course, we should believe that the Christian worldview is going to have the answers to these, to these problems that we're facing today. And that doesn't mean everyone's going to agree with it. But it's good to have someone not try to beat around the bush and just say, hey, here's where the truth is. This is what I believe. And this is what is going to propel me going forward and guide my decisions. And as Christians, that's what we should be seeking more of. Even if we don't agree with every um, denominational stand a particular Christian might have, in general, that's going to be better than the alternative. So um, certainly encouraging, Billy, for my eyes to see, to see this on the, on the speaker front. Yeah, I think we need to be praying for him, right? Yep. Any pol yep, all definitely. of our politicians, but but that's something, you know, if you're listening to this, pop him on the prayer list because yeah. he's going to need it. Yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. All right, Billy, thanks for bringing that. We're going to head over to the main thing now. Evie Osmond, she knows all about the tragedy of the abortion industry as vice president of communications at the Susan B. Anthony list. She explains how abortion pressure and even coercion is more common now than you might think. Very disturbing trend. She sat down with Madison Seals for more on that for today's main thing. Well, I want to get into the medical side of this topic here, but let's start with some pop culture news that broke a couple of weeks ago. In her new book, Britney Spears claims a fellow musician and then-boyfriend pressured her into having an abortion, describing it as one of the most agonizing things that she's ever experienced in her life. I don't want to focus on the messenger here because I don't know that Brittany is the most trustworthy source, but her story exposes something that's often considered taboo in the abortion industry. And yet apparently it's all too common. 
SBA list just put a video out on X or Twitter giving examples of women who have been coerced into having an abortion. Evie, can you talk about what kind of pressures women are facing to go through with an abortion? Yeah, thank you so much for talking about this topic, for acknowledging its existence, because I'll tell you, the other side um, uh, of us, the pro-abortion side, they don't even acknowledge that there are women out there that are suffering from their abortion. They don't acknowledge that there are women who have been coerced or pressured into their abortions. And there are so many women in our minds, just like Britney Spears, who have sat with this secret for decades and are finally just coming coming out to say, hey, listen, I this was not my choice. You know, this was not something that I wanted to do. To quote her, she said, if it had been left up to me alone, I never would have done it. Um, does that sound like an empowering picture of women's choice to you? Because it does not to me at all. Um, and so that's why this uh, new news story that you mentioned, it's really unlocked a national conversation across our country um, that I'm seeing on social media and traditional media where women are coming out and saying, that was me. I was that woman and I didn't feel like I could talk about it. It has been a forbidden topic and really just this hidden epidemic of unwanted abortions. It's real and far larger than most people even knew. Um, there is a recent CLI, Charlotte Lozier Institute study that came out this year that showed most women who had abortions, nearly 70% said that their abortion was either coerced, pressured, or just unwanted. And so that is a striking figure. And not to mention there was a previous study done that showed over 60% of women who had had the abortion said, hey, I would have kept my child if I had had the emotional or financial support I mean, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, and it's important that we talk about that this whole supportive movement behind the abortion industry is called pro-choice. And we've seen, especially in the last year or so since Roe v. Wade was overturned, how this movement reacts to their so-called choice being taken away by the Supreme Court, Congress, Christians, or anyone who defends life in the womb. The pro-choice movement tells women to shout their abortions and be proud of them. But when it comes to women who regret their abortion, like you're talking about, what tends to be the general media reaction? Oh, well, they, they absolutely, what we're seeing right now, particularly in light of this news with the Britney Spears story, but also with other people that I've heard from, they coalesce around the man and say, oh, it, it's quite shocking because what we'll hear is often, oh, the man shouldn't have a say in this. But in the situation with Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake, they say, well, they, they were both too young. And so he actually helped her do the right thing here by forcing her into an abortion. I mean, mm. that's absurd. Uh, not only by their own standards and rules, but of course, by the fact that no, she they had enough um, money in which they could have had a child. What she wanted was emotional support. Um, and that's what so many women want. I talk to women every week that have had abortions or had unplanned pregnancies. I spoke with one recently and it, it just broke my heart because she said, I wanted to keep my child so badly um, when I got pregnant in college. Um, but the partner, the boyfriend that she was with, he told her, no, absolutely not. You need to get an abortion. And she said, quote, his burden became my burden. And, she, and end quote. And she knew that she had to go get an abortion. 
Um, and that's what she did. And she's lived with that ever since. And it really just rocked her life. Um, and thankfully she's, she's doing a lot better now, but that stays with you. It hurts. Right. Yeah. And this choice, so-called choice that many in our culture celebrate is apparently only worth celebrating when women are proud of their choice to kill their unborn child, not when they regret it like so many do. Why do you think that this is? You know, I mean, this is just such an emotional topic for women that go through this. I'll tell you, you know, I was one of those women. I had two unplanned pregnancies by the age of 22. Um, And um, my my daughter's father, he said to me, he threatened me with an abortion. And I said, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to have my child. And what really society fails to see is that unwanted pregnancies or wanted pregnancies, the value of those children are the same. They are the same. And we should be, you know, supporting and serving both mom and child, not severing them. Wow. Evie, thanks for sharing that about your own experience as a single mom and for choosing life for your baby, despite what the father thought about it. That really says a lot about your strength and your faith. And it also says a lot about the pro-choice movement. There's not much support, if any, from the pro-choice movement when it comes to women's mental health after an abortion, not to mention if they choose to go through with their pregnancy. But there's a huge emotional toll that this takes on a woman that needs to be discussed. Not only do women often suffer physical complications and pain from an abortion, but research shows that women also suffer mentally too. What kind of effects might women face after undergoing an unwanted abortion? You're absolutely right about the mental health component. And one thing that we are really seeing is um, these DIY at-home abortions are incredibly traumatic for women. Mm. We're seeing this across the board, particularly in this post-Dobbs, post-Roe landscape in which um, the Biden administration took a COVID-19 ruling saying, okay, now that we're in a COVID-19 national emergency, we're going to be mail ordering abortion pills across the country. Well, when COVID-19 no longer became a national emergency, they turned it into permanent law. Now you have abortion pills mailed across this country. Um, And we also see uh, the abortion pills in pro-life states as well, but they're getting in the hands of young women and girls. um, And it is absolutely horrific for women when they are now turning their home into the abortion center and they themselves into the abortionist or the administrator of that abortion. So, and then they have to pass their child there in their house. I mean, this is incredibly traumatic for women and we are hearing from them often on this. Well, Evie, thank you for your bravery and speaking about this and standing up for life in your work and also in your own personal life really cool to hear just a little bit of your story. Yes. Thank you so much for for talking and speaking with me and, and for really casting a light on this important subject. All right, Madison, thanks so much for that conversation there. That's an interesting aspect to it, um, to this issue, the coercion um, aspect of it. It's very, very disturbing that this this fear leads people into that pattern. And also the fact, Billy, that a lot of these rules that were in put in place during COVID, they weren't, they pitched them as temporary, but then they stick around. It's convenient well, how like, that happens. Yeah. You know, it's like every, it's like everything just becomes the DMV, you know, every, <laughs> every government. Yeah, right. absolutely. And that's, and that's one of our big problems that we have just in general in the, in this country, but yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Madison, appreciate that main thing there. And 
That's going to leave us with time for one last thing on the podcast today. Yeah, I love this verse. It's Jeremiah 17, 7. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is all about trust, right? Putting God at the center and knowing that when we do that, we're going to be able to be to be blessed by him no matter what happens. Yeah, I mean, and we're prone to wander. We are uh, sinful created beings here, sinful creatures. And so we're going to mistakenly put our trust into other things. We do it so often just because of our fallen nature. And so a great reminder there in Jeremiah 17, place your hope and your trust in the Lord, the one who's able. All right, good spot to leave it there on the pod today. Thanks so much for being here. As always, get on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, that creek don't rise. We shall return tomorrow. See you then.